Hey everybody, welcome to the People's Cup. I'm going to be your host again, and my name is Ray. And today I'm joined here with some two old OGs, man. Their names are Noah Monagle and uh, Jeremy Torres. You guys want to introduce yourselves? Yeah, my name is Jeremy Torres. You thought I was going to say your name. <laughs> <laughs> my name is Jeremy Torres. Um, I know Ray through an old... <laughs> It's actually not an old organization we work for. It's a current organization we both used to be a part of. Yeah. I met Ray when he was in high school. I'm old. I'm 35 years old. What yeah, up? Jeremy is a dad. He has a few kids. Yep. I got a wife. Married, married my, married my uh, high school sweetheart. We've got a 10-year-old boy, a 7-year-old girl, and a 4-year-old girl. We're currently building a house. I'm a teacher. Dang. I know. I know. I know. And uh, just trying to get through this pandemic. Yeah, man. Michelle. That was a really solid 30-second summation of who you are. Thank you. Really described you, man. Yeah. Yeah. My name's Noah Monogle. I don't know if I would classify myself as an OG. That makes me feel old. But uh, yeah, I also happened to meet these two fellas through uh, Young Life. Worked for them. And I am currently working at uh, Presbyterian Hospital with my boy Ray. Shout out. And uh, actually some exciting news. I got an interview for occupational therapy school this week. Let's go. So maybe be a grad student this year. That's awesome, man. At the uh, UNM? If I can charge, charm them up. Yeah, UNM. Good luck, dude. Dude, that's Thanks. sweet. That's awesome. Yeah. So that's kind of new, but... Just transitioned to working in healthcare. Picked a weird year to do that, but uh, <laughs> probably the worst in history, maybe. Yeah, or the best, depending on. Yeah, uh, depending on who you ask. Yes, it's pretty shitty on my end, but it's all right. It is also shitty on our end. Also, shitty sure. year to become a teacher. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So it some is. of us should have started working for Purell. <laughs> that would have been a good career <laughs> move right now for Pfizer. Yeah, I turned down a Pfizer job. <laughs> so I could be a walker jockey at the hospital. <laughs> You're wild, man. So, yeah, not sure how I uh, ended up here, but I'm uh, pretty stoked to be drinking these Ex Novo beers. Product plug. I didn't know Ray was sponsored by him, but uh, I guess I'm not. Is, so. I'm not sponsored by Ex Novo. So I guess he's collecting a lot of money. As you for know, me to say that on the, on the People's Cup, we drink what the people want. And at first we had Godfathers and I was like, oh, snap, Godfather cigars, little, you know, a man drink. And then I get a text message from Jeremy saying, I'm not trying to get fucked up tonight. You know, let's just do some ex noble beers. So I go, I pull up to Jubilation and I just get a couple of six packs. And now we're drinking a Pearl Haggard. It's a German style Pilsner, which is yeah. eh, pretty decent. It's no Dos Equis, but it's pretty decent. And then I got a Operation, the Hazy Pale Ale. You know what's cool about these Pearl Haggards, though? So the history behind them, it's a German style Pilsner. And you'll see this like, barley type cowboy on it but pearl haggard was actually a german like a western german country crossover artist in like the late 70s Stop. he was really bad are you but bullshitting i'm not bullshitting you dude this is the truth that's pearl haggard that's why he's that's know, why this beer's named that i'm gonna have you stop right now okay fine because <laughs> that's bullshit but Mr. Torres, Mr. Jeremy, <laughs> Mr. Jeremy Torres came to me. Um, he's, he wanted to get on the podcast for a while. He's a huge fan of the People's Cup, which I appreciate 100%. Hugest. And um, he, he kind of want to talk about this idea of, you know, this manhood of post, you know, thing we're in. And we're going to dive in here in a little bit about that. I think we're all three 
in different stages of our lives, which will be pretty cool to hear from our perspective and how that is going. So my name is Ray. I'm here with Noah and Jeremy, and I hope you guys enjoy this episode. And we're back. Sweet. What up? So Mr. Jeremy, so you came out, you came uh, with us with this idea, man. So kind of just elaborate a little more on what you kind of got you thinking about it. First of all, I big ups to Ray, because I think a lot of people talk about doing cool stuff like starting a podcast or starting a blog or, you know, whatever, just to put their thoughts down and kind of create a community. And we talk about it a whole bunch and then we don't do it. So shout out to Ray for actually getting it done, getting all this equipment and, and launching, man. It's been dope to listen. I have a bunch of friends. Thanks, man. Who have, yeah, dude, thank you. And I've had a bunch of friends and I think even family on your show. Yes, yes, there have been friends and family on your show, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I've listened to a few of your episodes, dude, and I'm I'm stoked to be here. I So we've we've talked about trying to maybe do a podcast. Um, we Noah and I actually talked about maybe doing something like this and we 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 were throwing the idea around gosh, it's probably been two and a half years ago. Now. Yeah. And then it just never materialized. We did a few things. We we just kept on living our lives. Yeah, we we just we did a few things as in like ignored each other and stopped talking and stopped <laughs> hanging out and stopped talking about making a podcast. Which is normally one of the best ways to to float things. Start a creative sure. movement. <laughs> yeah. Isolation. Get the juices flowing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyways, man, it's it's a cool idea. I I've never been on a podcast before. So we were thinking about, okay, if Ray, Noah, and Jeremy sit in a room, what is a cool thing to talk about? And I think for one, I think everyone always is, is post something, right? You're just getting out of some stage in your life and going into another stage of your life. We all, I think, so happen to be kind of post Christian leadership, post evangelical. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Is that fair to say? Okay. So anyways, I was thinking, man, why don't we just talk about that? It was either that or we talk about how Michael Jordan is the greatest basketball player ever. And and we're not going to get to a resolve. And Ray's going to sit there with his legs crossed and his eyes rolled and talk about how LeBron James is the best basketball player. He is. It's literally facts. Okay, we're not going there. But (laughs) it's literally not facts. It's literally opposite of facts. Anyways, anyways. That's for another podcast. Yeah, it'll be good. We have a sports podcast coming okay, out I'll here come in back 2021, on. so we'll we'll get you on a debate on that one, man, because... <laughs> I'll come back. That old head is... He's washed, bro. He's top two, but he's definitely not one. I'll say that. That's for sure, man. Top two, definitely not one. Yeah, that's for sure, bro. <laughs> if you're top two, you might be one, right? No, nah, he ain't one. I'll tell you that one, man. I'll tell you top that much. Two. Okay, anyways, we'll go there another day, dude, because this podcast... I'm going to... This microphone's going to be through the wall... There's going to be bloody knuckles because it's going to get crazy, right? Look, this podcast or the LeBron James podcast? Whenever we talk about it, it's going down. Look, you can launch an LBJ podcast, but everyone here in Albuquerque is going to think it's about middle school. So I would just (laughs) not recommend it. Bad call. But if if we're going to do a quick note on the NBA, I will say this is uh, it's going to be the Nets and the Lakers. And oh, poor, I'm with you for sure. And poor little LeBron James is going to lose again to a super team that's just reacting to him making a super team. Bro, I don't know, man. This team, this team got three all stars and they got beat by Colin Sexton. Dude, they don't even two games in a row. They don't. Let's the go. Nets haven't even. They don't even get out of bed until. Bro, I'm pretty sure Kyrie Irving isn't away. even in basketball realm. He's just skipping, skipping out and going partying. 
Yeah, he was like Kyrie is one haircut away from being the last airbender. <laughs> so he's he got is, bigger things to do than basketball. He is right one now. emotional rant from getting fucking traded. I will say this though about Kyrie. Everyone needs to get off his back. You know? Or you can't just not fucking go to your job. Yes. <laughs> just say you're a- Here's what I'll say. Here's what I'll say. Because I was thinking about this actually. So if just any other normal person did that, what would happen to him? Well, one of two things. If they were really valuable at their job, their job would make it work and keep them around. Mm-hmm. If they sucked, they get fired. So clearly Kyrie can do that because he's that good. So he can take a mental health break and still play for the Nets. Whereas freaking This is this is not a basketball podcast. Oh, I'm sorry. We're, we're kind of diving in here a little bit about some bullshit. Yeah, but my which, bad. just to confirm, Kyrie could probably drop about 25, 30 any single night against any single opponent. Correct. Which makes you pretty elite. Because um, you know what else? I'm not saying he's not elite. I'm just saying he's a fucking. Here's here's what right, a media right. drama queen is what Let's I'm saying. Let's put this in your terms, okay? You're, <laughs> you're, a, you're a medical worker, right? Okay. Is your work, you're the only dude who can come in and throw down maybe 30, 40 catheters on a single night. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking You're about? about to say, tell the truth. <laughs> tell true. the truth. Bro, I, no one's, no, no, qu- no one's quitting you, dog. Bro, the, no ca- one, the, 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 the male Foley catheters are easy. There's one hole, bro. But once you're in the females, you're like, that's gross, dude. I, it's I, the fucking I, truth. I don't want to, like, I don't want to talk about this anymore. You put it in, you put it in and you're like, that's not the hole. And you put it in and you're uh, like, that's not the hole. For some reason. But there's this thing, bro. You have them cough. You have the, you have the, the female cough, like pretend to cough. And the, the urethra will like wink at you. And Yo, so you're that like, is one of the more surprising things I, I think that. And so you just go until you get gold, bro. You can pee back. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For right. sure. Yeah, bet. That's definitely the talk of 4C is they raise that calf king. He's that calf king. He's that Foley fella. Fucking, <laughs> if, if you've got a little retention in your life. Huh? Call it Raid AG. We'll Call that Raid AG. I'll get you he cleared up. You got you. I get you kind of going. That was gross, dude. Okay, onward. Well, yeah, Jeremy, elaborate, elaborate more about this post-Christian leadership manhood idea that you got going on. Well, I think you added the manhood thing because that didn't. No, no, this was in the text message. I, I can <laughs> read it again. Read I, it again. I will show the text message. <laughs> yeah, let's, I, let's please go to good the morning. text message. <laughs> this, is, this is from Jeremy Torres. Everybody. This is a good morning. Sorry to text early, but I do my best thinking in the mornings. And I had an idea. Let's do the podcast on our lives post-evangelical this will be tough because there can be an entire show based on that subject, but let's choose the most interesting things and talk through it. Rise to being man. Weird shit that happens when you're in charge. Confessions of sin, being able to speak with authority, power to make people do weird shit, like do yard work for camp money. And then he's put Ray. Why? I actually have a few things to say about this one. The trauma of leaving and the rebel mindset that sets in. Where to go from here? We can sprinkle some other topics too. Like sports or how Ray went from Steve Urkel to Stefan. That's a 90s Stephon. reference. Stefan. Whatever his Steve fucking Urkel name is. Stephon. Steve Urkel to Stefan. That's hey, a 90s reference. Look it up. Your audience is young, bro, but good. just Google search. Bro, we know Steve who Steve Urkel, Urkel is. We know who's to Stefan. Just see what it's going to be Ray. It's going to be a picture of Ray. But, but it's the fact that you did say man. So that's where I got man. I feel from. you. Yes. That must have been a, a typo. That's my B. I shouldn't have roasted before I knew what the hell I was talking about. <laughs> well, I know what you're saying. I would, well, before I get into kind of my thoughts on the whole topic of post-evangelical, I would also hesitate to add manhood there because it's not. No. Obviously, it's not an exclusively a. No, it's not. I just, he said man. So that's what I thought was manhood. Oh, I see what I put. I said rise to being the man. Like 
being being the man in charge, being the person in charge. Oh. So the man or the woman. I bet you there'd be if we had a some of our female friends who we know are in this stage of life as well, they'd have a lot of a, a lot of the same the same input that we're going to talk about tonight. It just means I just meant, you know, the rise to being somebody who is in charge of others in a Christian world and just how critical that can be. Right. And, and just how much influence you have and how you can do really great things at times with that. But also when you ad- adhere to Christendom, just mm. the weird shit that you learn to do. Oh, dude, for sure. Such as get little 17 year old Ray to come and clean your yard because he has to earn some money to go to camp. Like what? Yeah, that's Where, such a. Why'd you go to my house, dude? Well, I mean, I, I got a good time. Your Kaylee made some some spaghetti after. It was it was a good time, bro. Oh, it was dope. It was dope. But your son I, was really young. I remember that time vividly, man. Yeah, no, and I appreciated that. But I guess what I'm saying is, you know, you can get into just asking people to do things that, man, why? Like, why was Ray Garza, who maybe this matters, maybe this doesn't, Ray's a Latino dude, and you were there with Blair. Yeah. And Adam, mm-hmm. two black kids, mm-hmm. and a girl, Alex. Yep, she was there too. And a kid named Christian Quintana. All minorities. Yep. Right? Coming to my house because you guys didn't have the camp money. And so we thought, you know, why don't we have these kids earn earn their way to camp? Because I had raised some money for you guys. Yeah. And it was like, okay, do I just give it to them or do I make them like do something for it? Instead of just giving it to y'all, I had some people who gave it to me tell me, hey, it would be great if they, you know, if you could think of something for them to do to earn this Mm. as though you had to earn your way into the presence of God. Because at the time we knew we knew what you were going to experience there, right? We should have just given you that money because you guys didn't know what you were earning. This is an interesting topic because I don't think I felt that at all. You didn't. You didn't. And I think. What probably made it a lot better is you are a minority coming from like an outside perspective, like, oh, I'm 24 years old and Jeremy Torres, who has a last name Torres, looks like me, has the same skin color like me. Like, yeah. And then you told us, you're like, sometimes we have to work hard for things in life. I don't think there's a problem in that. No. And I think you're right. But I think for, uh, it was like make or break, right? Because Blair didn't go. Well, Blair didn't go because he chose not to go, but I'm pretty sure Adam went to camp with Adam like went, 200 yeah. bucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we gave it to you guys. We, we, we paid your guys' way and stuff, but it was like, I don't know, man. I think about doing weird shit like that where it was like, what was I, what was I doing having like two black kids and, a, and three Mexican kids coming to my yard doing yard work for me so that y'all could go to camp? Like, like I was some kind of like, I don't know, dude. It, it, it I, I, there's moments in my leadership where it was like, what the hell was I thinking? Well, that's, we were, that's just one. It's just, you know, looking back on it, it's just such a, I mean, such a stark irony. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we were, uh, everything about Young Life Camp was steeped in metaphor. Like as far as, you know, this is supposed to be an image of like the kingdom of God and it's supposed to like represent like, you know, the gospel in all these different ways. And yet here we were, making people earn their way there, <laughs> like, which couldn't be further from anything that Jesus. And I know that, you know, the, the, that the reason we were having people like do yard work for money or whatever, it was kind of like, look, we're just trying to generate some kind of buy-in 
from people, from kids that want to go, you know, because otherwise, how do you distinguish who gets scholarship money and who doesn't? And and none of it was in ill intent, but you look back on it and you just begin to see all the areas or or you just begin to reevaluate all the ways in which we had an impact on people and whether or not we had any clue what we were doing and if that was irresponsible or not, you know, like, yeah, is it irresponsible because it's, it's certainly fashionable in American Western Christianity to have an impact, but it's not necessarily fashionable to approach that with any sort of like well thought through intention anymore. Maybe. I mean, well, I mean, let's, let's just clear the air for people who don't know what young life camp is. Yeah. For people who listen to the people's club, young life camp was a camp where you go in the summertime with you know, the organization young life where you are like there for seven days, you know, you, the camp costs around like 700, 800 bucks. And you're kind of experiencing this whole like heaven, like kind of thing where it's perfect, you know, and it's a perfect perspective for people who don't know what young life is. Um, and this also the sense of like, I don't think coming from ugh, fucking Oliver, motherfucker, Josh, we're going to have to edit this out. <laughs> Give me a minute real quick. <laughs> I know what you're saying though, Jeremy. It's this, it's this like, man, you just, you start to look at all the cultural implications of what you're doing and we never talked about any of the cultural implications of the things you're doing. And I don't think that, you know, Jesus was so, he was so involved in the cultural trends and the cultural implications of who he was. And you know what I mean? Because I, you know, I think it's just, it's this card that American Christianity plays. that says, Oh, we're not going to engage with culture. And that's bullshit because you guys are engaging with culture and actually you're engaging with culture in really destructive ways, but you're playing this whole, well, we're not, that's like, we're doing something different here. It's like, actually, no, you're not. Yeah. It was, that's it was just so good. Sorry to cut you off, dude. No, you're good. You spurred an idea and it was, it was, it's just these striking moments in life where you look at, you look back and you go, my climb to leadership was a climb to like culturally, who are the leaders right now? They're, they're, mostly male they're mostly white they're mostly people with money and so in that leadership role that I had in young life it was like I took that I I in order to be a leader I had to like fake it as though I was like this dude who could make these decisions for you guys right the money was given to me it wasn't my money bro it was I don't even think it's like that though because I'm thinking of the like from my perspective where it's like you know I know Jeremy Torres. I know how good of a dude he is. I know that he's a minority. I know he actually cares for people, you know, but like for an example, if, you know, this person remain unnamed, but like if the person in charge now or a big pastor of one of the biggest churches in Albuquerque is now is like, Hey, come do yard work and I'll give you money. It's like, fuck you. You know, like, no, I'm, <laughs> I'm straight, you know, like, but like now it's a fact is like, you know, I'm down to go help Jeremy Torres revamp his backyard for some money because yeah, I mean, I don't think like you said, anything in life is given to you for free. And I don't think that's a problem, but also it's more of like, I am okay with helping a person or a good friend of mine, a good person like out, you know, yeah. Yeah. that's no, that's a good point. Cause I think, you know, it's, it, it, it's, you don't want to separate and you don't want to count out just the, the credit that you earn from the good relationships that were actually built. Yeah. And those sure. things, there was no, there was no ill intention there and there was no, you know, whatever. And I think honestly, this is, you know, 
to avoid this just becoming a discussion of, hey, Young Life and how we felt about our leadership in Young Life. More than that, I think what Jeremy is talking about, okay, in general, whether you know anything about Young Life or not, it was an evangelical ministry. It was an American evangelical ministry, and it was that to a T. And I think it had a lot of things about it that made a lot of people feel like it was kind of different, but it really was exactly that in all those ways. And we're all on the other side of it. And in this space where we're like, yo, what do we, where do we go from here? You know, where do we go from here with our faith in general? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's something that I kind of was struggling with for a little bit. I don't want to say struggling because I wasn't like struggling. It was more of just like, I know who Jesus is. I know what he did for me. I believe in him. I love him hundred percent, but it was more just like, dude, I get why people hate Christians or who hate Jesus. I understand. I totally get it. And like the sense of like, I have a young life tattoo on my arm. Like, and people are like, now are like, are you ashamed of that? And I'm like, no, because you know, when I was during that time, like I really enjoyed it and it really did change my life for the better. But like now dude, like, and it's, it's not just young life. It's just in general. I'm like, I understand why you guys hate God. I get it. And if, and if I was taught that right like now, I wouldn't believe in that because it's ridiculous, bro. And it's just like a huge problem where it's like, where do we go from here? Because it's like, oh, you find a really cool church. That's dope. You love it. And then it's all of a sudden like, wait a minute. It turns into like really like toxic. And then you go from like, well, what the hell is going on? You know, I haven't been to church in years for sure. Me neither, bro. <laughs> Three years probably. And it's like, people are like, do you even still believe in God? Even I'm like, yeah, I believe in God and Jesus hundred percent, like for sure. But it's more of just like, I don't believe in people who are toxically teaching that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it's hard because <laughs> we, I, so fast forward way, like from that time where Ray's helping me redo my backyard <laughs> for my kids to like, I guess a year and a half ago, we, we actually started a church. I remember hearing about that. Yeah. Yeah. And we were psyched on it. We were pretty hyped on it, but just the reality of what church is becoming just made it feel like, man, we are not, I don't want to perpetuate anything having to do with all of this, you know? And I kind of just turned around and ran away as fast as I could. And I feel pretty good about that up to this point. You know, I see all the toxic, the toxic just stuff that's going on in churches and in the Christian world and all that stuff. And then I look back again on just other things that, that I had done while I was, while I was a leader in a Christian organization and just the things that, that you learn are the right way to, to treat people and the right way to bring people along. And, and some of it's just weird, bro. It's, it's not normal stuff. It's not healthy stuff. And it's not whether it's biblical or not. Like, so what you believe about the Bible is a whole nother beast, you know? And so for sure we were, we were like, I don't know, man, there's like, there's no reason 19, 20 year old boy or girl should feel like slaves to a decision that they made. So one of the things that haunts me, I'll be real honest is like, you know, when you're a leader, people think that they need to like confess all their stuff to you. (laughs) <laughs> because, because yeah. like, that's like what we learn in church, right? We, we know that we have to speak our sins or whatever, you know? So there's multiple times where probably the most tore down that I've seen young, young women be is where they feel the necessity to tell an 
older dude, like their sexual past and how much torment they feel of that. And, and looking back at that, it's like, why was this amazing, like bright, like morally, yeah, super, like superwoman. Why did she feel the need to tell me the things that she did in the backseat of her boyfriend's car? And I, and it makes me just want to crawl out of my skin and it makes me, honestly, it pisses me off because, because somebody taught us that, yeah. And somebody taught us that is like, this is the right way to heal from this is this girl needs to come and tell you all her dirt. Bro. And it was wild. Cause like one time, you know, we, we preach when I was in a leadership role as well, where it's like, Hey, you call us and we're there straight up, you know? And it's like, all right, cool. I'm preaching that. But then one fucking Saturday morning, I don't know why I had my ringer on, but I get a call from my, one of the kids that I was, you know, being a leader to. And he was like, Hey Ray, I need you to come pick me up. And I'm like, Oh, for sure. You know, I'm expecting like, Oh, you know, your tire blew out or you need to jump or something. He's like, nah, man, I'm in the middle of the Mesa. And I'm like, why are you in the middle of the Mesa? And he's like, I'm gonna be real honest with you. I'm with this girl right now and my car doesn't start and we're not going to walk back. He's like, can you come pick us up? And I was like, and then I have an internal thought where I was like, fuck, I said this whole time I call me when you need me. So fuck it. So I go pull up this high school boy and high school girl from literally banging bro like straight up come and pick him up and i'm like what am i doing and for some reason when he gets in the car he's like bro i'm sorry like we had sex and stuff like that and i'm like why are you guys telling me this i don't care (laughs) i'm just trying to get you guys back home and it was like i felt so terrible like you said why do you guys feel like you need to tell me that and why do i need to hear about a high school sexual life and it makes me want to crawl out of my skin man i'm the same way yeah it's it's haunting dude the amount of stories so i worked for young life for 12 years and the amount of stories year after year where it's like, bro. And again, not, this isn't just young life. I don't want to, I don't want to bag. No, on no, there's a lot more problems with this. Yeah. This is just Christian dumb, right? Christian leadership. <laughs> this is, uh, American leadership. Probably like everyone feels like they got to go and tell their boss who is probably some dude how they messed up and ask for forgiveness and, and try and be in right, right standing. Yeah, man. With whoever that dude might be. It's just a weird gross thing and uh it happened a ton you know and it's like so i get frustrated like who taught me that who taught me that where are you because i'm going to swing on you like it's horrible why would you do that to me and why would we do that to these people so how do you feel and know about being in that same kind of leadership role like how do you like kind of what we were talking about on your perspective well so how do i feel about my leadership role when it comes to evangelical christianity specifically there's there's two things that i feel really well the first was i remember meeting with um that time was kind of like you know an air, a young life they call him the area director but he's basically just like the quote-unquote senior pastor of this outreach ministry and he and i would we would meet all the time we'd meet like a group of dudes whatever we'd get coffee we'd talk about life yeah which was really impactful stuff but i remember you know i was like a freshman in college and i just remember saying like yo i don't I don't want to be called an evangelical and I don't get why we keep attaching this word to Christianity. And there was a lot of pushback on that. Like there was a lot of pushback on, on, well, don't you, don't you believe in the great commission kind of thing? Like you need to go and kind of spread this, (laughs) just spread this word, whatever. And I just remember I was, I always had this gut feeling in terms of like, I'm not really about that. So that kind of progressed. And I think throughout 
I just, to be perfectly honest, I always just had my foot. I had one foot in and one foot out with, with Christian leadership, mostly because I didn't feel qualified, but I think also there was always sort of this, just a, a recognition of the responsibility that we're, that we, when we take this role on in people's lives, the responsibility we have to them and how that's not a responsibility that any of us are really equipped to take on. And so I, maybe because I'm a flake, maybe because I'm not, I never wanted to do that. Like, I know one of the things that like, you know, they talk a little bit about like in Christianity in general, kind of leading people in the sinner's prayer. And I've never led anyone in the sinner's prayer. Cause I'm like, yo, that is, they just, it was, I was so uncomfortable with it forever. So I think yeah. I've always been, I've always been anti, anti evangelical, but looking back on it, and being where I'm at now, I hesitate even to say that because a lot of what we're doing in this response to American Christianity, I think, is we're just falling victim to the same patterns of letting that pendulum. This is something Jeremy always says is like the pendulum's got to swing back the other way. It's sort of this natural process, this natural rhythm of things. They swing one way, people respond, it swings the other way. And... I think we're naive if we think we're going to somehow like get out of these patterns, these classic patterns that people always take. Cause we're not, I mean, I'm not, you know, it's classic American individualism to think that I'm going to be the one who doesn't do it the way everyone else has done it. <laughs> <laughs> like we're all repeating history. That's fine. But I think there is a subtle need to say, look, like let's not just start making new labels here. And I think when I look back on my Christian leadership and my faith growing up, it was labeled, you know, it was very clearly labeled. I, I fit into some categories everywhere I went based on that faith. You know, in young life, I was a leader yeah. and at church I was, you know, whatever I was, yeah. I was one of the ones who was actually acting on my faith. You know, when they talked about the, the difference between, ones. yeah, I was one of the good ones at church or, you know, at, at college parties, I was one of you know, I was, you know, whatever, like I had all these labels that I felt really comfortable in. Cause I think there's a lot of comfort in labels, man. Like it means other people labeled that way. Y'all are good, you know, and it's really easy to navigate the world based on your labels that you kind of wear on your sleeve. But now I'm realizing I don't, I, I can't do that anymore. I don't have any labels anymore. So where do I go? Mm -hmm. Where do I go with my faith? That's yeah. kind of where I'm at. There's nowhere to belong. Dude, leaving the leave. So being post evangelical is like being an orphan, dude. It's like being, yeah, being dude. fatherless, you know? So my mom passed away, gosh, her, I guess, eight, eight years, nine years. Dude, I don't even know. That's sad. My, my, don't listen to this. No, that's siblings. Siblings don't listen. It's been a long time, though. It's been a long time. Yeah. So the, the feeling I had that, that moment feeling like, man, I don't have a parent. And the impact that that brings is the same feeling as leaving the church. You know, you, you lose a little bit of your moral compass, at least of what it had been up to that point. You lose some, some love, right? Cause there's, there's, bro, there's some, there's some ride or die friends that I made in the church. Like I could call them right now. Oh, for sure. And say like, Hey, I need you. And they will be there with money, with with resources, they will, they'll bring everything they got. So you, you lose a little bit of that. 
But more than anything, I, for me, the I lost everything <laughs> that I got into it for, if that makes sense. Like right when I was, mm-hmm. I grew up in like a kind of a broken home, you know, a lot of abuse, like abuse of all different kinds, like sexual abuse, substance abuse, verbal abuse, physical abuse. Those were in my house. And so when you go to a church as a seventh grade kid, you can kind of, you learn that you can leave that stuff behind all those things that kind of sucked about your life. You leave those things behind, you're a new person. And then like, you're happy now you there's a, there's your life is useful. And not only is it useful, like it's, it's a blessing to people, Mm. right? Your life is for other people. And so you like learn to live in that and like refine your gifts. People reflect who you are to you. Right. So like, if you're funny, like in young life being funny, you might as well be a millionaire if you're funny in young life. And if you can be in front of people and, and if you're a little bit like with it, you know, like you, Oh, for sure. Yeah. You are, you're like famous, you know? <clears throat> and so leaving the church, leaving young life, you lose fame a little bit. You lose that esteem. You, you lose that part of being like a millionaire. Like I said, yeah, you lose influence. Yeah. 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 And so, and so you say, you turn away from all of those things. And so being post evangelical or whatever you want to call it, it's like you are trying to figure out who you are all over again. And uh, it's tough, dude. It's tough. But um, I think it's healthy because I look at some of the people in the church and, and how they're perpetuating some of the things we already talked about. I mean, those are extreme cases like, okay, I'll say it right. Like this uh, white supremacy that I was kind of, I, as a Latino dude stepped into this white supremacy role, like you clean my yard, like you help me. I have money. If you want my money, you do what I say. Kind of a thing. Like, you know, you, you can leave that behind as well. And so you, you're just in this place where it's like, yes, I left all this craziness, but I also left a lot of good things that, that really made me who I am. And now what, you know, and, and as a dad, it's like, shit, I don't know. <laughs> like, am I my kid's moral compass? Cause they're in trouble if that's true. So that's, that's really like my main concern right now is like, how do I get my family to, to believe in something with some depth and some, some, something that will last without having to drag them to Sunday school, bro? Because I'm just not, I'm well, not going to do that. I think, I think the place you start is you, you have to take all that experience, like, just like a, you and you have to put it through a big sifter. You know what I mean? And that's going to be a lot of work, but you have to take all that experience and you put it in this big sifter and you just start shaking that thing until you're seeing what's what's falling out on the other side and what you're going to keep and what's worth, you know, yeah. value and what's not. And yeah. I haven't done a very good job at. I'm be perfectly honest with you because life doesn't stop happening. You know what I mean? Like you have to stop moving in the river to start sifting for gold. And it's a lot easier to just keep flowing. And so I think I've done mostly flowing and then found myself going, you know, as I'm going through life, I have these big moments, you know, for me, a big moment, like transitioning out of finance and getting into OT, for example, you know, that's like an eddy on the side of the river. That's like calling my name, like, yo, you need to stop and think. And I'm like, "Ah, I kind of float past a lot of that. And that's maybe my biggest source of anxiety spiritually is I had this, you know, evangelical American Christianity provides you a lot of structure to work within, to figure out your spirituality. 
and all that structure is gone. And now you're really in this river, you know what I yeah. mean? And you're flowing and you're wondering and, and you do, you feel alone in that and you feel a little bit like, I don't even know where to start, man. Like, I don't even know where to start again. Cause that's what it feels like. You know, it feels like starting again. Yeah. And it doesn't, and you don't, I don't even know if I want to engage again with that side of me, you know, right. I feel, I feel like that side of me, that like spiritual side of me just, just ran me right into a freaking wall. Dude. So I like, don't trust. I don't trust it. You know, anytime I'm feeling like stoic, nostalgic, like all the like existential, all these things that are like, you're, you're like, I don't know, the soft side of you. I just, I don't live out of that anymore which is so sad because i used to love that part of who i was or who i am but i just don't trust it dude i just don't trust my emotional what's your being. first what's your emotional reaction to that so when you when you get into that zone how, how do you react like what's your natural reaction like when that? something's pulling at my heart or whatever like yeah yeah, like if I feel, or if, just, I, if I'm sort of feel mushy about something. Or you're just like, oh, I just need a quiet time. <laughs> like you just get a cup of coffee and you're like, man, I should just. Yo, and the, the word, contemplate right other now. things that bother me are like Christian words, you know, like just yeah. like, like a Devo, bro, say Devo, I dare you. Say Devo right now. Nah, in my do <laughs> Don't do it, bro. <laughs> Dude, it's bad, man. I hear you. You'll no, no, no. So what's, what's your reaction to that when you feel that? I just, I, I just try and think of it over overly logically uh -huh. Uh -huh. and I just try and outthink my heart you know it's like okay this is what I'm feeling but also here's what's actually happening and here's why I'm feeling whatever this is so you try to shut it down yeah or you try and, oh shit you're good and why do you why do you try to shut it down like is there an emotion behind that yeah because I feel like here's why and I'll be again real honest with you guys in if there was if there was anybody who did anything, who did everything right as far as Christian leadership, like, yeah, man, it was you. It was probably me. Yeah. You know it what was I'm saying? You. Yes, <laughs> I do know. Like I gave up my teens. I like committed to one girl. We're married. We gave our lives. Like we prayed every single night when we got married, bro. We were so holy. Like we prayed on our wedding night, dude. Oh my God. And it's, it's things like that. Right. Mm -hmm. So we did all the things that everybody told us to do. Like, this is the recipe, bro. Just put a pinch of this in and life is going to be money for you. We did it, bro. Yeah. we did it all. We, we make fun of ourselves because people told us like, you're not going to be rich in in your bank account. You're going to be rich in relationships. And it was <laughs> like, what the, like we bought into all that stuff and we did yeah. it 100%. Like we have a ton of friends we met, I met a, a, a million kids, dude, who are now uh -huh. adults, who are now friends. Like I'm sitting in a room yeah. with you, with you two clowns, like because of what we had done. But, you know, so, so now I just, like, I just don't, I, I stop, right? Like if we stop and we think before we dive into anything, which is good and bad, maybe like we, yeah. I stop before I dive into like friendships, relationships, like here's a good example. Like my, my son, he, I think, I think, ah, maybe I shouldn't say this it's kind of private, but he's been having like a little bit of depression, right? Just with the pandemic. He's an athlete. He's one of the, the cool kids in school. He's smart. He's gifted. like opposite of me. He's, he's awesome. And now that the pandemic hit, he's, he's home alone. He's in his room. He's playing video game. He's, you know, headset on blocks out the world. Like, he told us the other day, he's like, dad, I just don't know where I belong, you know? Right. And, and like, I feel that, right. Cause I don't either right now. My old self would be like, just 
let's, we're busting out the Bible. We're going to read how much God loves you. But right now I'm just like, bro, this is hard, you know? And I don't have words, right? I just make up, I don't make stuff up, but I'm just, I tell him, I, re, I remind him of how much he is loved by me and me and Taylor yeah. or by his sisters. And like, God is just not as much a part of the conversation in our house. And I know my kids miss, they miss God, dude, which is kind of crazy. Cause they grew up like, this is, this is all in the last two years, but my son is 10. So his first eight years of his life, like he was like a pastor's kid. So they yeah. miss this stuff, but I, yeah. I'm real hesitant, bro. I'm real hesitant. Oh, there's, yeah. Saying the saying that word, man, it has so much impact. And I mean, obviously with the pandemic and where we're at, it's hard for, especially for the kids. I feel like terrible for kids, bro. Like it's as adults, we have conversations. We see people, we, you know, have community in some sense, but bro, they're at home all day. Yeah. I totally understand it, but like, I don't think there's anything wrong with being hesitant with like saying what, you know, what, what, what you say to your son. I'm reading this book. Actually, I just left it on my bed. I should have referred it, but it was saying like a word is like kind of like black magic. It's like kind of like it's the most powerful thing in the world that we kind of don't realize. And so if you say something to your son or you say something to your wife or I say something to you know my girlfriend, it's like it creates like kind of like a they said a spell on them kind of in a weird way. But like it, it's really just like that's what they are going to identify as. Mm-hmm. And that's what they're going to remember for a long time. Like for an example, for me, like, like I know my dad loves me and I know like he's he's always been good to me. But for like he told me one time he was re- like, I've never been more disappointed in you like in my whole life when I decided not to play college sports. Right. And for some reason, like from there to going on to where I'm at now, I'm always like, I don't ever think I'm, I like, I want to get past that disappointment, you know, because I think it's not a bad thing to be hesitant Yeah, in that sense. No, not at all. No, it's not, it's not bad to be hesitant, but there's such a, there's such this weird conflict there because I know what you're saying, Jeremy, because there used to be such a comfort from knowing what to say to people. Mm-hmm. Like you used to be the source of wisdom. Uh, dude. Of wisdom. I was the, the well, bro, where people would go. Mm-hmm. And you're, and I'm not that no more. And you're not that man at all. Yeah. It's like, Oh, I don't know shit. I, about don't, life. I, I don't claim to anymore. How do I know less about life now? Then when I was 18, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, dude. No, I get that. There's a, I don't know. For me, it's this, it's this, man, I feel we were, so we were driving back from a road trip and, you know, we were driving through snowy Colorado. It was beautiful. And my wife put on like worship music and she asked me, she's like, you okay if I put on worship music, which for starters, the fact that she would ask is really interesting because, you know, I used to live in this paradigm where, of course, I want you to put on worship music. That's all I listen to. <laughs> Just church bangers <laughs> daily. Yeah, man, you don't know how many times I heard God through Hillsong, bro. <laughs> no, but she asked me because, I mean, let's be real. Like our wives know us better than we know ourselves. Like she knows she knows something's there. And I'm like, yeah, of course, it's fine. But we're driving, we're listening, and you know what? All I felt, I just felt so guilty, man. Like, I felt so guilty that that I didn't know how to respond to this anymore. Mm-hmm. And, and, then, and then there's this response where it's, like, very, I think, culturally appropriate to say, well, I'm going to figure it out. Yeah. Like, I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to get back to that place. Get back there, yeah, dude. And it's going to be a better place. And then there's this other voice where you're like, yo, 
maybe figuring it out. Like that didn't work out the first time. So what do I do? And so that's, that's such a weird space to be in. And it's interesting because when you said, Hey, let's talk about like post evangelicalism. I was like, all right, like, I guess I kind of understand what you're saying, but I just Googled it. And it's, I mean, there's like a real movement there. Yeah, there's like a yeah, lot of people. Sure. There's a lot of people that are. There's a lot of people in this house right now. <laughs> oh, for sure, for bro. Real. For real. I, I feel bad about it because like, I feel like you guys were a lot more deeper than I was, dude. Like I was just like a leader for like four or five years. You guys were like straight up. Bro, that was you, like your you life. You have bro. a tattoo of it, bro. You were as in as in could be. <laughs> nah, bro. nah, nah. I got a tattoo because I actually really enjoyed that's the, what the dude, church but no you guys were like like in that was like how like y'all made yeah. like food for your kids you know like yeah. and, or for your wife and that's understandable i mean and so in the sense like i think i don't know bro it, we started a church bro we started a church i own i own the rights to a church to this day that never launched we 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 were going to launch one week we told people we canceled it because we had this huge conversation about homosexuality in the church and how how it fits or if it fits or if it doesn't. Uh, and it just fragmented our community before we even started, bro. And it was like, it, to me, the whole point of it was to, to join people and to gather people and to just come as you are. Like, like the things that, you know, oh, that's, that should be, uh, that's, that's the point. That's what I know, Doug, me but, off so but, much. It, but it doesn't, it, it's, it, it's real to a certain extent for some people. I know. And it, it makes total sense where it's like, Bro, like straight up, like I was always told like, yo, God loves you regardless of who you are. You know, I was always told that because like, I'm not, you know, homosexual. I'm not, you know, like this. I'm not that. You're but metrosexual though. <laughs> Just like get my eyebrows done, man. You pretty boy. That's what it is. Boy, bro. you pretty. <laughs> <laughs> but in the sense of like, it was like, I was told that God loves you no matter what. Hold up, like, hold up. Hold that thought, Ray. God loves you no matter what. Oops, store that. I mean, have y'all seen those memes? Have y'all seen those? <laughs> hold on, hold on. Have y'all seen those things on like they'll pop them on your Facebook and it's like, oh, this dude drew like what, like what Aladdin would look like right now, bro. If he was living, bro, and they cartoon Aladdin <laughs> and he's, all, he's straight tatted. No, you're like what, like, like Jafar would look like if he got a dope ass fade, bro. It ain't me, bro. I'm if you got a dope ass fade, hit the gym and got all kinds of tattoos. Yeah, man, you're that fucking ABQ Zane. Bro. I'm like, not ABQ Zane. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> you guys are wild, bro. Yeah, it's not me, daddy. You're that pillow talk padre. You yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, they're fucking wild. That is not the truth, bro. Does your barber pay you to come and get a haircut? <laughs> he says, yo, like, dog, I gotta get your... Yo, dog, here's $20 for the cut and here's $5 for the tip. But anyone can get a haircut, man. I gotta, get, I gotta get the back of your head on my Instagram, man. I'm drying up. I got no customers. <laughs> get over here, playboy. Get over here, playboy. And if I don't get a, just a taste of that widow's peak, boy... <laughs> Y'all are fucking wild. <laughs> Just a sip, baby. Just give me a sip nah. of that widow's peak. <laughs> Your hair's thicker than a couple of brisket sisters. I just need. Oh my gosh, dude. What's I don't up? know what it is, man. <laughs> It's nothing. I want to run my fingers through your hair, but I'm worried that the motherfuckers won't come back out. <laughs> Y'all are fucking crazy. <laughs> What the fuck is going on? 
that, you're insane, dude. Yeah, that's a good point. Hey, but that's a good question though. Like if you were, if you were, if you were, if this artist drew the modern day version of what Disney character, what, who would you be? What, what realization? Me? Yeah, you. Oh, damn. It's a good question. Give me a minute. Give me a minute. Ask Ray. Ask Ray. Wait, hold on. No, who would you be? Oh, dude, I know who I'd be. Well, there's okay, outdoorsy, outdoorsy. There's a part of me who's like, this is who I'd be, hopefully. And then this is who I'd be for real. What's hopefully? Yeah, what is it? Hopefully, dude, I'd be, what's his name? Flynn Ryder from Tangled. Yeah. Yo, okay. uh, what's in your back pocket, baby? Forget is that a motherfucking cast iron skillet? Daddy? Get, get on my canoe, you long braided <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> And then uh, in I'd, reality, I'd be the the bad guy from Charlie's Angels. <laughs> from Charlie's Angels. <laughs> yeah. I would probably, like in my head, I'm Simba. But like in reality, I'm, I'm Pumbaa. You're Pumbaa? <laughs> yeah. Dude, if you're Pumbaa. For sure. For I'm sure. Timo. <laughs> I'm Timo. I'll take that. All day. Raise Scar. That's cold, bro. <laughs> it's going to get dark features. Yeah, man. maybe that sexy, nefarious uncle, dude. Oh, my that's not God, a bad, dude. That's not a bad grind. Bro, he kills his brother, man. It's cold. Yeah. Whatever, dude. I'd kill my brother for the for Pride Rock. Yeah. It's cold world, bro. No, I'm just kidding. Sorry, Levi. And maybe a, maybe a shot at Sarabi. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> he was a baddie, dude. Dude. Don't say lying. she wasn't. Say she wasn't. Nah, nah, you can't, dog. You can't. I mean, she was one of the hotter lions I've seen. And I've seen a lot. I've seen a lot of hot lions. <laughs> she, had that, she had that thangity thing. <laughs> oh, what the fuck? <laughs> you are crazy, man. It's insane. All right. So, anyways, you were holding your thought. Anyways, I God loves you no matter what. what I was saying wow, when you guys call me Pillow Talk <laughs> Poppy. I'm sorry. <laughs> fucking that thought went uh, straight out of my head. The Pillow Talk Padre. <laughs> padre. Okay. Pillow Talk Padre. I'm sorry. It went straight out of my, my head, man. But Pillow Talk Poppy's got a good JLo vibe. It works the same. All right. <laughs> let's continue. Let's continue. Well, hold on. We just cracked open another beer. So we got two options here. We can venture back into the land of where does our faith go from here? Or we can take the other fork in the road and talk about what we need to talk about, which is that pungent cheese, which is goat cheese Tom Brady out there writing his legacy before us. Look, I hated him. I've never been a fan of Tom Brady. I'm so sick and tired of him, except all of a sudden this year, I am rooting for the man. Let's give Josh a transition. Okay. Look, you know, when you, when you leave your context and you go into the next thing and you are still, you are still as dynamic, still as effective, yeah. still as loved still is good well and i just can't think of a better example for us as men of faith transitioning than the one set by what the fuck are we talking about are we talking about tom brady we're talking about faith (laughs) (laughs) i know you were doing good but we're so close dude (laughs) okay tom brady tom brady listen ray quit checking your phone bro like you got some better fucking place to be bro my shot is coming over man what time i told you 6 30 well, but, she's gonna have to hang. But out. she's a little. Well, she's a little far out. So we good. That's why I was texting to see how far she's out. She's just about thirty minutes out, but she gotta hit the store because she's making some chimichangas or something. 
We're not leaving. I'm just joking. I don't know what the fuck she's making. She's break, but she, tell her bring some chimichangas from All Subs. Oh, boy. How, she, about, how if, about you guys hang out? So I know it's real. And give us another hour of studio time. <laughs> and Jeremy and I will record our first ever podcast. Bro, you guys can use this equipment whenever you want. You can take it. Sponsored by the People's Cup. Yo, dog, you better you better take that duct tape off that back door because you know we're coming <laughs> up in here. So I have my door... Duct tape is like you Yo, have is that, light coming is in. Is that dude. a cold, drafty breeze? No, that's my dick. <laughs> what the fuck are we talking? <laughs> <laughs> Bro, what the fuck do I even title this podcast? Honestly, God, what do you I put that in there? You gotta hit that. Oh no, that's just stain. No, you gotta Gosh, you're that keeping out, bro. this, bro. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna get fired, dog. You can't, I, I'm a teacher, bro. No one I talked about sexual harassment at the workplace. I haven't been sexually harassed, what, bro, virtually. What's Yo, that going to be like? Man, I hope my boss hears oh, yeah. that. I can, I can think of something, bro. No, we're not doing that again, no, right? No. You've got this whole <laughs> fabricated. Teachers. Reality. No, it ain't fabricated. Bro. I work with like 58-year-old women and 12-year-olds. So sexual harassment is not prevalent in my scenario. Bro, there isn't like some like young, spunky college girl hollering if, at a if there is, you know, bro. poppy chulo, bro, with a <laughs> Dodger hat, man, at work. There's none of that going on? No. No. All right. Hold on. We gonna talk about Tom Brady, or are we gonna talk about Mark Ronchetti being a weatherman again? <laughs> <laughs> you got hate mail. They're like, if you ever do the weather again, dude. If you try to tell me there's a Clancy, <laughs> bro. Honestly, Cloudy that with was a chance some, of whoop ass. That was some laughing stock bullshit. Because Ben Ray Lujan is ass, bro. He is a terrible senator. And Mark Gronkiewicz cannot beat him, dude. It's because we live in a very, very blue state. Very, Fuck very yeah, dude! State. I love that I live in a blue state. It I'm ain't that saying, blue. Like, except there's not marijuana here yet. It's not that blue. It's pretty. It's bluer than most. Well, the top half of it's blue. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm just saying it's not that blue. Yeah, but like you know, there's like a million proportionally. People in yeah, proportionally, it's blue. That's fine. <laughs> Bro, once like, Biden starts sending out it these could be one, checks, we would be, be happy all as well. red and one dot blue, and it would still be blue. Well, you know, what? so many people, 50% of our House of Representatives are Republican. That's true. It ain't that blue. Or even our president is pretty Republican. He's just riding the wave of the young people. I'll say it. It's the truth. I don't know. That's a good question. Is Biden riding a wave? Fuck yeah, dude. Him and Camilla, Camilla Harris, bro. She is Kamala. Okay. Dude, whatever her fucking name is. She is. A lot of people are in jail because of fucking whatever her name use. is. Whatever her name and is. And they're writing the whole like, it's Kamala. Black Lives Matter movement. You know, we're going to legalize drugs. Fucking, we're gonna put Harriman Tubman on the twenty dollar bill. It's like you guys are fucking riding this wave to the fucking ground, dude. I went to the polls, all happy as fuck, you know, exercising my right. I'm looking at the thing, and I have a thought in my head. I'm like, fuck. I really had to pick between Donald Trump, who I fucking can't stand, or well, Joe Biden, who can't even well, stay on one topic. And I'm like, holy shit. Here's what you're. Here's what you're alluding to, which is the problematic positions voters are put in by a two-party system. Oh, I mean, which I agree. Sure. But let's not, let's not be like the Joe Biden got elected because America was responding to Trump's presidency. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that, but it's happened for generations. Trump got elected because as a response from, from Obama's presidency, right? Because like if if it comes down, you have a black president, you got a white supremacist president after that. Right. You have (sighs) a white supremacist president. Dude, and you get a president with a Peloton. (laughs) That's true. He is bringing the Peloton into the fucking, bro, Donald Trump had a diet Coke bun on his desk. Can you believe that? 
He would hit the button. He would say, I mean, Butler, bring me a Diet Coke. And Biden got in and got rid of the button. And so he'd hit it and he'd say, Diet Coke me. Bring it in. That's a great idea. That's a great idea. That doesn't surprise me at all. Okay, let's. Let's talk about it. Where does Trump go from here? Where do you guys think? What happens to Donald Trump? Bro, he goes back to fucking... First things uh, first. That, that boss show or whatever. First things first. Melania's... She's filing for a divorce, right? She's going back to Russia. No. No? Bro, no. she's collecting... Oh, she already collected that bag. Fuck yeah, I filed a divorce. Fuck it. She's, no, yeah. she's not filing a divorce. No. She loves him? Happening. She loves him. No, she doesn't love him, but she also doesn't have to spend any time with him. Truth. They might as well... The, the last four years is the most time she's had to spend with Donald Trump in her life. That's and true. And when now we saw them together was the only time they were together. Right. So, no, she's not filing a divorce. And also, don't the Melania has plenty yeah. of Yeah, yeah. You know, she has a lot to account for herself in that regard. And what do we think is going to happen to Trump? What's going to happen to him? Oh, he just becomes a thought, dude, honestly. You think so? Like yeah, dude, he, he well, he is <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> he, he's he's gonna be the laughing stock laughing stock of America in like two years. He's that Mar-a-Lago. And you know there's macaroon. a whole like there's a whole like oh he's he gonna run a bite. <laughs> there's a whole like oh he's gonna run in 2024. And I'm like guys, I want you to know in 2024 all of this the mask you're wearing on your neck it this is gonna be gone. This is gonna just be an afterthought of like holy shit we really were wearing masks for like a period of our life. And so what they're gonna use against him is like when Trump was president, boom. COVID-19, all this shit, and he's going to lose. If he didn't win this one, he's done. He's literally done. I think he's going to launch the Trump News Channel. I have heard about that, too. If he wanted to make a ton of money, a ton more money, he would do that. Because his following is is cult-ish. What about about partnering with the MyPillow guy, launching his own line of pillows? Yeah. I can see it. I can see it. The Masa pillow. The Masa. Masa la masa. No, no, no. no. Make uh, it's well, it's made to feel like his skin so soft, (laughs) stretchy, stretchy pants. (laughs) What the fuck? That's gross, dude. No, I would never look. I I'm not the guy to be like the politics guy. I'm not like a political analyst. Yeah, they're my. Um, I am. I don't know enough. Noah's. Pretty well versed. I don't know enough either, though. Don't lie. Don't lie. Here's the thing. We have a country that just votes to the extremes. And so we're always going to have extremes. You know, 90% of the people live somewhere in the middle as far as their political views. Yeah. Somewhere. I agree. And then the other, but we're voting in like the top five extreme people because they're going to most represent you know, but I think it's it's tough, man, because the, I feel like the majority of the people are pretty well underrepresented the way that our political system works. And no, so, I agree. yeah, I mean, it's tough. I'm not. And it is, bro. I wish everyone just had their 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 views and their beliefs. And we could just vote basically on that, you know, like like, yeah, I'm, I'm like somewhat kind of in the middle. I have Republican views for sure, dude. But like. Everyone's like, oh, then you might as well vote for Trump. And I'm like, that's not how it should be. You know, it should be for like you vote for what you believe in. And right now it's like, I don't believe in Joe Biden, but also like I fucking hate Trump. So I'm voting for Joe Biden. You know, I'm hopeful for Joe Biden. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm very hopeful, hopeful for this, you know, this presidency. And we'll see, man. I, look, it is possible for the pendulum 
this what we talked about earlier yeah that swing so far one way and then so far the other way it's possible for it to just swing so far the other direction that it's it's gonna be kind of tough but we'll see i don't know you know in a perfect world like you played soccer you played football basketball was there ever a team that you played on that half the team hated each other that actually won games no 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 hell no i played football for 12 years and i played basketball i played baseball anytime there was even a little bit of beef that disrupted the chemistry of the team i agree there was we had a trash season every single time and this is the state that we find our government in and it's crazy because it's you're this could even be used in the sense of like for your son man i this is the first time in presidential history for my life at least that every person is alive is affected by who the president is right now you know for an example like look at your son dude as a kid, I was never affected by the president ever. But right now, because of Donald Trump's response to COVID nineteen, your son isn't able to go to school. He isn't able to play sports, and he, like that's this is the first time that everyone is affected by what our government is doing. Yeah, Obama was a great president, but did it affect me personally? No, not really. You know, now it's like fuck. This sucks. You know, this is the thing. When you have your Trump, our president saying that COVID is a hoax, and everyone believes it, and now we're fucking. How many million cases in? Yeah, y'all two live, living in this world of like being in the healthcare industry is really real for you guys. And me too, being in, being a teacher, like we. Oh yeah, bro. It's cannot. Yeah, everything is. It our hat hangs on everything that the leadership does for us, like and, and right. allows us to do and allows us to not do, and it's tough, man. And so it's like like you said, a little beef in the sports team that disrupts the whole team. You know, this little fucking disagreement that we had as American people is affecting. The whole team, which including kids who it shouldn't affect, you know, it shouldn't even really affect anyone except for like higher parties, you know, you know, just drunk talking. But I'm just saying like I'm more focused on the kids, you know, the <laughs> maybe, kids, maybe I feel bad for the kids, bro. Like it, it, it breaks my heart, dude. Like I think they're the most overlooked population in, in the pandemic, because I think when you see kids, why? Because they're short. <laughs> Zinger, dude, that was a dad joke, bro. You don't even have kids. <laughs> I like it, man. I like it. I'm already a dad, dude. I pulled my hamstring picking up the remote off the floor. I'm I a dad. Tore my hamstring jogging, dude. <laughs> bro, Jeremy Torres pulled it to basketball the other day. Man, I was like, yeah. Ray invited us to basketball. Boy, bro. He's like, hey, actually, he didn't even invite us. I just hit him up and said, hey, do you know of anywhere that's having pickup games? He's like, yeah, come through, dude. I just remember, I'm not. This is like in the summer, FYI, everyone. Yeah, I go there. I'm warming up. I'm literally stretching and shooting, like just warm up, like 10 footers. And I go to do one layup, dude. I pull my calf, can hobble around the rest of the day. But I still hung in there. I still hung in there for three Respect, games. Respect, bro. Hung though. in there. What does that mean? You just set some vicious screens. Yeah, hell yeah. I set some vicious screens. Not getting bro. back on defense, man. I love it, bro. Dog, I was getting back. I'm just fat and slow. <laughs> Ray's running right by me, dude. He's on his prime. He's peaking at 23. What are 20? How old are you? 24. 24. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty dope, man. I wish I was 24. Yeah, me too. That'd be cool. I, I peaked probably like 26, 28 ish. Yeah. Yeah, 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 for sure, dude. Everybody's golden year is 27. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I had my second child on the way. I was, Damn, bro. Were you a dad with 24? Oh, bro. I was married. Dad, uh, dad life. Case was born in 2010. I ain't, yeah. I was I mean, 25. I ain't gonna lie to you, bro. That'd be scary. I mean, me and Kayla had already been together for like 10 years at that oh, point. Oh, that's so fucking like, awesome, man. <laughs> hey, dude. Yeah, this is another like post. Yeah. 
evangelical world. I don't even know if I'm saying that right. Post evangelical world, whatever. I'm not good at grammar or saying things. You're great, dude. You're doing but great. But in the sense of like, yeah, I'm living a completely different life than what I was fucking when I was a leader, man. It's crazy. Yeah. We gave up a lot, dude. We gave up a lot of, a lot of freedoms to be in leadership. And I don't know, like, I think morally things have changed, right? Like even when I was younger, like, so I have a friend, he stopped counting our sophomore year of high school, our sophomore year, sorry, not high school. That would be crazy. Our sophomore year of college of how many partners he had had. And he stopped at 80 when we were sophomores in college. We are now 35 and he's still not married. Bro, that's, yeah, that's some crazy He might shit. be on some, will, I mean, some Magic Johnson numbers, bro. Bro, you, you Magic Johnson numbers and you get fucking <laughs> HIV and you fucking done, bro. You know what I mean? But, um, aside, but that was like the rare case of people who were, who were that way. I think now, dude, there's people practice morality in a whole different way. Oh, bro, yeah. It's, sexual intercourse is like the norm now compared to what it was before. For sure. At what point do people, the listeners start tapering off? Do you get those... You know, it depends who's on, you know, if you're saying like, oh, bro, people fucking love Josh, bro. Every time I've had Josh on the podcast, they're like, I'm listening to this motherfucker to the last fucking <laughs> to the last beat, drop bro. Yeah. to that last, that last little driblet of coconut oil falls off his hair. bro. Well, what I've noticed, bro, it's all in the title, man. If you put a cool title, people will fucking listen to the core, bro. That's true. Like straight up. Like yeah. I, I put like. Well, um, no, no, I'm going to push back on you a little bit because, look, I'm going to be honest, Ray, I don't know anything about podcasts. Man, I really don't. But I do listen to some podcasts. And if there are people, like if there are personalities that I, that I, like there are some people that I really enjoy listening to, I'll, I'll listen to their podcasts every week regardless of who, what they're talking about. For sure, man. I mean, because I appreciate their perspective. Yeah. And that's what's but really But there cool. is a lot to the title, for sure. There is. That's what's cool about this whole, like podcast like everyone i come and you guys probably been the most like pretty like i don't know you know like pretty fluid peeps like fluid people on the podcast everyone's always so nervous i'm like bro this is just a conversation that's literally all it is yeah and actually like for an example like i had you know jeremy's you know sister on the podcast one time and we had to delete it we didn't post it because it was like pretty like one-sided and i was like maybe we shouldn't post it just for the sake of like our you know, my reputation. Yeah. I, I agree with what I'm saying. I agree with what you're saying, but a sense of like, this is going to be out there. And this is like, like, so that's what I always like try to remember. Like when I say stuff like this is going to be posted, you know? Well, it's so a podcast is a conversation, mm-hmm. but it's a permanent conversation. Yeah. And that's, that's something that I think it's, that's impactful. You know what I mean? For like sure. it's, it's different from your normal conversation when you're just shooting the shit or whatever. Like what you say on this podcast is yeah it's recorded it's permanent so that that does make a difference no i hear you it's it's um and i think everything we've said on here is fine it's cool and i mean it's speak for yourself i don't know what do you think i mean this is just (laughs) us talking josh can edit this shit out it depends man like it depends on what the podcast is about it depends on a lot of that stuff so you know like you the the interesting thing about just sitting here and recording this, and this is more just for you, Josh, is the power you have, Mr. Puppet Master, because... JP, man, he's the most loyal People's Cup listener. He has to listen to all this shit because he has to edit it. <laughs> he listens to every episode, so I hope he enjoys listening to this one. But he's the, the editing that goes into it afterwards ends up being, you just begin to realize like, oh man, that's maybe more impactful than a bunch of shit we just talked. 
Yeah, I mean, Josh could like, you know, we could always go back in and be like, and Josh is good at editing this shit and I'll be straight, but like, uh, yeah, I mean, whatever you guys want to have in or out, we could always just let him know and he'll figure it out. You can, y'all need to answer to him. You can leave anything I said in. Everything I said in is pretty good too. I mean, except for this whole probably last 10 minutes while we're talking, just take it out because <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah, we're just going crazy. We're just vibing, dude. Well, we got to have a conclusion though, for uh, sure. We got to add that to the podcast so Josh edits this all out and then adds a conclusion. We have to add a conclusion. Or the end. You know? There, There is no conclusion though. A conclusion to what? You know what I mean? It's like a conclusion. The episode. Yeah, no, I got you. <laughs> <Not> <laughs> fucking life. We need to stop the episode. <laughs> I mean, a conclusion, there's not a conclusion to, like to go back to the metaphor I used before as I think we're all in the space when it comes to faith of taking all this experience we had and sifting through it and seeing where we are at, taking what we think is still valuable and reincorporating that into our lives versus not whatever. So there's no conclusion there yet. At least I don't have one. And then when it comes to at least all the things we've talked about culturally, there's no conclusion to there either. Like if yeah. we're going to talk politics, it's like, great, inauguration day. I felt a little better. But then I was like, oh, yeah, the last four years actually happened. Mm-hmm. 400,000 Americans are actually dead like there's no conclusion there either so you know there's not a lot of conclusions i guess to draw yeah other than i will say this it's good to begin a conversation about it again because i used to have a lot of conversations about this kind of stuff and i don't anymore yeah me neither i don't either man me neither to me this is like a past it's like a it's who (laughs) i don't know it's when you talk about like a distant memory you know, it's like, oh, yeah, that one time, you know, that's kind of how my Christian life feels now. <clears throat> but I, I guess I will kind of my concluding thoughts are this, that you never get over. You never get over it. Right. You never get over like leaving the church, which is something that for so many leaders in the evangelical world was your everything. Mm. Right. It's like a. I imagine like what a divorce would be like you would literally give everything to this, to this entity and it ends up in, in like pain, you know, it ends up in, in grief and sorrow and it's hard, man. But that's like any other stage in life. Like we, maybe we were under an illusion, right? We believed this thing that maybe just wasn't true when we were in leadership, which was that things were going to be okay. Things were going to be good. If I just keep doing this, my life will end up okay and my family will be happy. But leaving the church, I mean, those things are still true, but you, you, I left so much of myself in that leadership role that I don't know that I'll ever get back, right? I don't know that I'll ever give myself as much to something as I did my role in leadership. Like I really loved the people who I worked, who I worked with, you know, I really loved the kids who showed up would have done anything for them. Yeah. And, and a lot of them, I still will, I still will, you know, the people who led me, I would follow them to like the darkest places and I still will. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of the hard thing is, is you, you kind of feel like a, (laughs) like a puppy who was like kicked, you know, like Mm. you'll follow that master anywhere. And you'll have so much belief that like there's going to be joy and a fullness to your life 
if you just follow this this person yeah and then they kick you and you're like wait okay maybe that's just part of the process like part of this whole thing that i'm saying yes to and i'm just going to keep doing it yeah and then they kick you again and then they stop feeding you and then before you know it they stop letting you sleep in the house you're in the cold you know and and by that time you've brought all your other dog friends with you like hey this is the way yeah right and and now you're just you're just lonely dude and you're just left with the people who you brought with you yeah. you know but nobody but nothing that you were following and so that's the hard thing i'll never probably give myself to something like that again for my family's sake which is kind of crazy but for my sake too yeah like i was depressed i was i was diagnosed with uh depression last year and having like pretty dark thoughts I wouldn't say like I was suicidal because of this, but I was having like passes is what they're called Mm -hmm. where you run through your head like, damn, I wonder what things would be like if I just wasn't even here, you know, but I wasn't like to the point where I was like planning anything, but it was just like this darkness where it was just like, man, I gave everything to this and started seeing a therapist, dude, got diagnosed with like mild depression and oh gosh, I'm going to forget the word disillusionment where you believe something that's not true. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. And so that's that's been a process in and of itself, dude, just trying to get through that. Like, what is true about this? What was real about this? What can I take with me? And what do I need to just leave behind? And the things that I and this this was the crazy thing is the ironic thing is in when you're in those leadership positions, they tell you like the only thing you're gonna take with you to the end of your life is your relationships. Yeah. So you invest everything you have into these relationships, friendships, whatever. And the ironic thing is now, without that, the only thing that I have is my relationships, right? Like my relationship with my wife, my kids, my friends, and um, like the church stuff, like leading worship and praying with people and like having depth, like these conversations of depth with people who need it. Like all of that stuff is no longer. And I miss it on one hand, but on the other hand, it's like, I'm kind of glad, kind of glad it's over with. Cause it's, it's, I feel like at times was a little counterfeit. Yeah. And I, you know, you just feel like taking advantage of like, I was really hurt, <clears throat> you know, really hurt by, by that. You know, I th- and I still am, I'll, I'll carry those, that pain probably of like, the weird thing I chose to leave young, young life. It was for me, it was young life. I know for a million people, it's their church. Yeah. But, um, I chose that for myself. Luckily I wasn't like pushed out or, but no one fought for me. You know, no one said, bro, please stay, you know, after giving 12 years of your life. And, and so that to me, like, okay, if, if people said, please don't actually one person did, it was John. You guys know John. Yep. He said, for what it's worth, dude, don't quit. (laughs) But I know you have to. Other than that, dude, out of the thousands and thousands of people that I interacted with, with in that in my time no one said bro please stay you're so important to to what we're doing and, and to what is going <clears throat> what is going to continue that you have to stay so i left dude i took my family and we we hopped off the train to the train get moving and we hunkered down bro and so and i know this is not like a conclusion to the story because that started a whole like second half of my life that we haven't even scratch the service that I'm just now getting into. But anyways, man, 
being in this post evangelical, like I don't have the answers, bro. And I, and I miss, I miss God, you yeah. know, I miss Jesus and the father and having certainties of, of faith and things like that. But for me, it's less painful to go on without him. Mm. Yeah. Well, it's almost like the version of God I knew in American evangelical Christianity in young life led me to be invested in my life in a way that I wasn't otherwise. And now you're left in this space where because you don't know how anymore, you don't trust the ways in which you know to invest in yourself, like invest in your own life, to be bought into your own life because you don't know the, you don't trust the ways in which you would have always done that. You don't do it at all. And so that's a weird space where you're like, okay, I'm living life. I, you know, experience all the things that I think every person experiences when it comes to life, the ups and the downs and the moments of gratitude, the moments of fear, whatever, but it's not the same. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I think you're led into this space where you are just gripping the steering wheel of life every day. And you're like, this is really cool. And now you're like, I don't want to even put my hands on the steering wheel anymore. So what do I do? So that that's, I think that's a good question to finish off with, with what do you do? Yeah. Cause I don't, I don't think there is, there is an end, you know, and I'm, I said it in the sense of like ending the podcast, but the sense of just life and there, there isn't, you know, you're going to, you're going to accomplish certain milestones in your life and you're like, that's cool. But like, what's next, you know, you're going to get pushed down and you're going to say what's next, but always like, that's what it is. You know, there isn't an end. Like you said, it's kind of just an ongoing weird river story of figuring out like, where do you want to go? Yeah. And that's, you know, it's like, well, not to sound cliche, but maybe that's the whole point. Or maybe, yeah. Or maybe there is an end. But you can only hear about it on season, <laughs> on season two of the People's Call. <laughs> I want to thank you guys for being on with this interesting podcast. I think it's kind of one of the most raw and genuine one I've ever had. Um, so I want to appreciate you guys. I always want to remind the listeners, you know, and kind of in this time we're in, you know, whether it be with the pandemic or kind of just stuff you're struggling with, just to just keep on trucking, man. Keep saying you know, staying to believe in what you believe in and trying to just figure out what this whole thing life is called. So I remind my friends to stay safe. Family, stay safe. There's a light at the end of the tunnel of all this and we're almost through it, guys. So Noah and Jeremy, thank you for being on. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Ray. Appreciate it, man. And um, this is Ray signing out with the People's Cup. And uh, cheers, guys. Let's have a good year. Peace. Cheers. Cheers.